Revelation. But talking about that song with the choir, you know, you think about that, and it's so good to be in church, and sometimes you're inspired by the music, and you ought to be inspired by the music, and you feel great. And, but I'm thankful that God's on the throne everywhere we go. And I don't know about you, but uh, I have a tough time uh, sometimes. And, and the biggest person I have the tough time with is the guy I look at in the mirror every day. It used to be my wife, but now it's the guy in the mirror. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm so thankful. Any good you can drop down your knees anywhere and talk to God? Man, I want to tell you, I, we've needed some strength uh, through this COVID and, and through the summers. And, and we've needed strength just to cut grass. And uh, while we're on that subject, I, I want to thank all the ladies that has come and helped my wife through this, over the summer in the kitchen. What a blessing it is to have some good help and good fellowship. We appreciate that so much. And we're looking forward to next year already and, and maybe having some of the men come and help us with man camp to break the boys up in squads of four or five instead of breaking them up into tens and twelves. But we had a great time. Didn't get all accomplished that we wanted to get accomplished, but we had a great time. One soul got saved. We thank the Lord for that. But... Uh, Let's go ahead and get into the Bible. Revelation chapter 14, if you would. I also want to say thank you to the church staff and all those behind the scenes that does everything while the pastor's out, those in the bus ministry, and so many things, um, staff people that, that do things, you know, the unpaid folks, and we appreciate them so much. And... Uh, Revelation chapter 14, I'm going to give you two or three verses here in Revelation, and we're starting with the first one. We'll go towards the back. Revelation 14, 8. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now flip over to chapter uh, 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth had committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth had been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And flip one more time. Revelation chapter 18. Revelation 18, verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies let's pray dear lord we just thank you praise you god for loving us and saving us we're thankful god that you never change and god that you're on the throne 24 7 uh, thank you god for the praise music that god that stirs our heart when we think about you there and all that's going on in heaven Lord, I pray you'd help us now just for a few moments, God, to share the Word of God. I pray you'd help me to be a blessing. I pray that you'd take charge. I pray that I'd say only what you want me to say. And I pray you'd tell me when, it, when, I, when I'm done and I'll quit. I ask you, Father, to bless all the needs that are among us. Those that might be here doesn't know Christ. Those that, Father, like a lot of folks, are we at uncertain times, things going on. But God, just help us to hear from heaven this morning. We pray your special blessings on Brother Jeremiah and his family and also Brother Nate and his family. Ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we got some pretty heavy language in there as we look at it. Uh, but let me just say this uh, before I give you some bad news. Nobody likes bad news, right? I don't like bad news. Uh, Noah preached for 120 years. And every time he got up to preach, he gave some bad news. Told folks what was, what was going to be happening. But you know what's bad news to the world is good news to you and I. These are horrific things that we're 
that we just read about. Uh, you know, thinking about Noah, it's, uh, it's unknown the number of converts that he had. You know, we often say that there was only eight, and uh, perhaps there was only eight. I would like to think that there was, that there was many more than the eight, but only eight got on board the boat. Um, there's no mention of mass revivals that took place when he got up and preached, and, and I'm sure that he wasn't a popular preacher, and, uh, but he was preaching what God sent, amen? And so that's what I want to do this morning. Um, to keep down any confusion about what I just said, if you were saved, if you got saved during Noah's preaching, when the flood came, you had to either be dead or on the boat. And if I remember correctly, Methuselah, I believe he died uh, the year of the flood. And so anyway, uh, we think about Noah, we think about news, but, but bad news, uh, but Noah preached the coming destruction of the world, or mankind really, and all animal life to everybody that wasn't on board that boat. And uh, he preached what God said. And we think about, we think about things sometimes. We think about preachers. We think about what the Bible says. And, and I'm like anybody else. I like to feel good. Amen. I'm going to feel real good when I get to heaven. And I got a lot of family there. And, uh, uh, but Noah preached the coming destruction as God had commanded him. Ezekiel 2.5 says this about preachers and preaching. He says, and they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there has been a prophet among them. And so um, God wants what he wants preached, preached. And, you know, preachers want to be kind. Um, I love my people when I pastored, and uh, I still like to think of myself as a pastor, and we still pastor some folks, and... Uh, uh, long distance you might say but we, we need to hear what God says preach and Noah preached and uh, it wasn't popular but he preached it and I think about the guy if there was a guy standing there on the wharf when they loaded up the Titanic and, they, and he preached uh, gloom and doom that the unsinkable boat was going to sink he'd probably be the most unpopular guy in America but the only thing the Titanic did do was sink and so to, this morning, we need to hear from heaven. We, we live in, in difficult times and all kind of things going on. I mean, Jesus could, could come back before I get out of here. Amen. Wouldn't that be great? And uh, my son would be well when I, meet him, when I meet him up there in heaven. But anyway, uh, within Noah's preaching, of course, there was an invitation. Now, the Bible doesn't give all the details that I'm giving to you, but I know God. God never preaches gloom or doom or destruction without giving an invitation. Isn't that wonderful? And so uh, here this morning, Peter, Peter says in 1 Peter 3.20, he says, which sometimes were disobedient when the long-suffering of God waited. God waited. The long-suffering of God, God waited in the days of Noah, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now we're going to shift over to the scripture that I, that I shared with you this morning. This revelation Babylon is a world system. It's not so much a city. It's not so much a kingdom, although it will be a world kingdom. It's a system. It's a system that man lives by. It's the culture of the world. Uh, it's everything that you're beginning to see today and, and uh, that is becoming uh, up close and personal to all of us. Um, it's a system that's got its roots back to the Tower of Babel. In Genesis chapter 11 and we'll share some verses from there uh, this morning 
It comes into worldwide being in the days of King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Babylon, the city Babylon, a great city, and it continues to exist in Satan's plan. In Isaiah chapter 14, Satan says, I will be like the Most High. I will sit on the throne of the congregation. And this is the world we live in today. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He is real. Uh, his darkness is real. And the impact you see upon our nation, the world today, is striving to get that kingdom rolling. And so it continues today. Um, we see it today in uh, a lot of big companies around America, billionaire type companies. We see it in big tech. We see it in governments today and things that are going on in America uh, and around the world. And this final kingdom is fittingly called Babylon, this world system that you see happening here before your eyes. And it's a culmination and evolution of the kingdoms that Daniel mentioned in the book of Daniel. And Daniel's four kingdoms are revealed by this. And so we're witnessing the rise. And so I don't want to uplift this kingdom. I just want to inform you. Amen. Anybody wonder what's going on? God knows what's going on. And he wrote about a lot of it. Now, as I get started with this this morning, I want to, uh, I want to tell you, we are not in the post-rapture period. Amen. Jesus has not come back in the clouds to receive his church yet. And what I'm sharing with you and what I read is post-rapture stuff. It's stuff that's going to take place in the tribulation period, leading all the way up to the battle of Armageddon. And you have to have a scorecard to keep all this together. But I want to share with you, if you're here listening, the rapture, I'm not saying the rapture is taking place. It has not. But we're reading what's going to take place after the rapture. And just like in the days of Noah, it doesn't happen overnight, this world kingdom. It's been coming together for a long time. So I want to be informative. I want to be a blessing. I want to preach what God sends. And so I've kind of got you there, and I think you got enough introduction to get going about the final Babylon. I want to, uh, I have hollered so much this past week, you just have to forgive me for little breaks. The boys were happy. At one point, I lost my voice, or I couldn't go above a whisper. First off, notice this, and you see this today, that the restraints upon evil are being removed today. Now, that's, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. I'm 65 years old, and uh, I don't feel 65 yet, and I know I look about 45, but uh, anyway, um, I'm, I'm thankful I can still go and still active, and, and I love the Lord more every day. But restraints upon evil are being removed every day today. The Bible says, going back to the, the Babel days, the time when the Tower of Babel was being built, notice how this comes together in Genesis eleven six, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they've imagined to do. We see this looking all the way back to the Tower of Babel when it was being built, that Restraints upon evil being removed even way back then and, and when, when man was in his, in his early days, way back in the book of Genesis in chapter 11, that God says that nothing will be restrained from them which they have uh, imagined to do. We see that today. We see things unthinkable. Uh, when I was a boy, uh, as a kid, you know, uh, uh, our teacher read the Bible in school. And before we went to the lunchroom, she prayed with us before we went to the lunchroom. And I remember when I was a kid, I never heard of anything 
uh, about killing a baby inside of a mother's womb. That comes along in 1974. And you see more and more and more and more and more and more things that are happening. So we see that what the Bible is talking about, what already has been, is here again today. And that restraints upon evil are being removed. We remember God's words after the flood in Genesis 8.21. And he said, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from its youth. Evil from its youth. You know, we need to be very careful in lifting up our ideas. We need to be very careful in lifting up and putting things in our society, in our homes today that, that the Bible says doesn't belong there. We can get to thinking we're pretty smart today, like leaders in the world today and all the things that are going on. But God says this is the way man's heart is. And without God, where would we be without God? We'd be in hell. We'd be in hell today. We see here, in the, looking back and trying to get a little bit of information here, uh, back in the Tower of Babel days, that communication enables the flow of evil. God says in Genesis eleven six, 6, it says they all have one language. They all have one language. Communica communication enables the flow of evil. I'm glad I can communicate. I can speak a little bit of Spanish, and, and I can toy around with a few words and a few other languages. But that's it. I mean, I'm a dummy. I, I can't even do English real good. And, uh, 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 but I can, I can communicate, amen? But communication enables the flow of evil. And I say that today because you see the mass communication. There can be something said or done all the way around the world, and it can be here in, in, in just a few seconds uh, through communication that's there. Uh, this disease that's, or this plague, or whatever you want to call it, this pestilence that's going on in, in all, all around the world today, it made it over here all the way from China. And so as we look here back to the Tower of Babel, God stopped communication at the Tower of Babel. Now, anywhere God does something in the Bible, even something as simple as that, you say, well, that's a pretty simple thing for God to do. Yeah, but, but God did what needed to be done. And God put a restraint on the ideas that was going on there in the Tower of Babel. And that's where we, you know, America had some good laws and you can't legislate morality. We understand that. And, uh, but God stopped it, this communication at the Tower of Babel. God restrained it and he slowed it down. What did he put restraints on and slow down? Evil. And the passing on from evil from one to the other. God stopped it there. The corrupting power of evil. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. I'm just trying to explain here we are. And here's how we got there. And here's what's coming. Here's what's building. I don't know how long I'll live. I don't know how, I don't know how long it'll be till the rapture. And I don't know how much of this system is going to be put in place before we get there. You know, people are worried about things. The mark of the beast and all this. And they're asking about the shots. And I, you got to do what you think God wants you to do. Amen? And I'm going to do what I think I need to do in my home. But i got a Bible that tells me what's coming. And i got a Bible that tells me what needs to be in my conversation and what doesn't need to be in my conversation. And I've got a Bible that tells me things that I need to cut out of my life and lines of communication. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Be not deceived. And that's exactly what's going on today. First class, full speed. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. The word communication in that verse means fellowship or friendship. Fellowship or friendship. You will become what you hang around with. Not just the kids, but the adults. Amen. You will become that because that's evil there. And we see that, that God and at Babel, that he slowed it down. He put restraints on it. He confounded the languages. 
But now, even our computers can talk in different languages. I got a little laptop. I, I do sermon notes and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I wouldn't have enough file cabinets to put all the notes. I'm all the time writing. And I have to transfer them there to uh, the little, uh, uh, little, little, uh, little laptop that I've got. And I've got stuff in there. And, and it, it has a thing up there. You, you, you ever push the wrong buttons? I mean, and you, next thing you know, you're, what in the world happened? Where'd my stuff go, you know? I've actually erased stuff before. But anyway, and it's got places where you can actually check a language. And that thing will, will put it there and, and print it in a different language. And, and you know, I, and there's things I have to stay away from that I don't need to be around on that computer. I'll be messing something up. So the, God is showing us here that, that, that he's, he restrains evil. Now, God's God. He's on the throne. He can do anything he wants to anytime. I don't understand all God's wisdom. I understand some of it. I can't explain everything. But he gave us the book. And we don't have to be deceived. We can see something coming. The neat thing about being a mom and dad that's saved and going to heaven, you've got a Bible, you come to church, and you go to a Sunday school class, you can get some information that will help you. Amen? But there's some things that we've got to do when we get home. So we see this in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, a couple of more. It says, Paul said, your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. And that's what's happened in the world today. It's what was happening in the entire Bible. God says, I'm not ready yet. And so God confounded the languages, and he put a restraint. He slowed down. He confused them. He slowed them down. But things are going at breakneck speed today. Does anybody recognize that? Breakneck speed. I mean, there's things they're talking about in Washington today. If those things happen, uh, that they're even talking about. I mean, it's like Satan has is, 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 is got the, uh, so many seats uh, in the House and, and in the Senate, and, and it just, it's, 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 it's just horrible when you think about it and watch it. I don't watch it very much. I want to know what's going on. I want to stick my head in the ground, but you know what? God's got it under control. And the worse it gets here is the closer we're going to get to being there. Amen? That's why Jesus came. He didn't come to build a kingdom down here. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And at the end of it, he's going to build his kingdom, and it's going to be for a thousand years, and we're going to be in on that one. And then after that, heaven. Wow, heaven. You read much about heaven? I'm like Vance Havner. I've been, I'm a worker. I've always been a worker. I, I don't want to sit around and strung a harp on a cloud. There's stuff we're going to be doing in heaven. Amen? Who wants to sit around on a cloud? I mean, we're going to be industrious. And just imagine all the stuff that God has not even mentioned is going to take place in heaven eternity. Amen? It's going to be exciting. So first off, I want you to notice the final Babylon that we're in, in today, into the beginnings of it. Restraints upon evil are being, are being removed. It's worldwide. Have you noticed how sin is being redefined as sickness? Um, drunkenness is a disease. God says it's drunkenness. God says it's sin. God says there won't be no drunkards in heaven. I hope maybe if there's a drunkard out here hearing what I'm saying that you won't get mad at me. Uh, get mad at God. I'm just quoting what he says. And, and, and you can get over that. Amen? I mean, that's, just, that's a sin. But you can get over that like you can get over all the sins. So sin is being disguised today and redefined as sickness. So the medical community is adjusting to it in the psychiatrist. And thank, you know, thank God for these guys. Amen? I'd rather pick out a Christian doctor anytime I can. 
I think that's good sense for a Christian. But they develop a way to, 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 to help people. And, and I'm not against medicine. I take, I take a baby aspirin a day. I take a stomach pill. And I take some supplements. And, you know, I mean, supplements are big business. Amen? I mean, if you want to buy into uh, something, a thriving business, you know, supplements, there's a lot of people. And everybody tells you about their best one. And, but I take some supplements. And so the Bible gives, shows us here what's going on. But I needed to throw that in about sin being redefined as sickness. And it's going to become war, worldwide. Revelation 17, 1 says, I will show you the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. That many waters means all around the world. And it's happening. And there's going to be a one-world bank. There's going to be a one-world government. And there's going to be a one-world church, the church of Satan. And he wants his headquarters where? In Jerusalem. And, he, and anything you read in the Bible that, that God wants to do and that Jesus has done, he's got a counterfeit for it. And he's just looking for a chump to follow there. Number two, what else is going to happen? Well, I've given you some of this, but let me give it to you straight. Truth will be suppressed and outlawed. Truth will be suppressed and outlawed. Um, Adolf Hitler, is his life and what he did is chump change compared to what Satan's going to do. Daniel 7.25, listen to it. And he shall speak. I understand. We're talking about after the rapture. When all this is going to hit the fan big time. But it's not going to start just at the rapture. We need to understand this is going on now. Daniel 7, 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. You ever heard so much garbage coming out of leaders' mouths in America today? Uh, saying bad things about God? And good things about things that, that your grandma... Uh, would, would, would switch your rear end about if, if you did uh, when you were a kid. He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until the time and times and the dividing of times. I know we're talking tribulation. But I'm showing you the trend and the beginning of the road and we're on that yellow brick road right now. Again, just, just think. It's not going to happen just like this. The road is being paved for that now. Truth conflicts with evil. One will eventually rule over the other. America used to be a great nation when I was a kid. It was on the way out then, and, and nobody realized it. And by the time the, the, the citizens of America that, that had a traditional godly uh, viewpoint or worldview, whatever you want to call it, it was too late. Now today, you know, half of America, or better than half of America, agrees with, uh, it's called the left, but it's Satan's agenda. And he's keeping it mild, so to speak. But have you noticed how it's being cranked up? And then, and then, and, and then God's people that still have a little bit of traditional value system of America, biblical value system, uh, the, the little bit that's still there, we're suppressed. And they've worked it out to where we're the bad guys. I'm not preaching politics. I'm showing you what God says here in the Bible. So truth conflicts with evil, so truth has to be dealt with from the demonic world. One will rule over the other. Who wants to be reproved today? You know anybody that likes correction? 
I watch kids sometimes today. That's why I like the little ones. They're still, they're still little enough. You can talk to them and show them something and teach them something and say, you don't need to be doing that. And I, I love all age kids, people. Okay, so don't go home and say, oh, that's, yeah. no. But I'm saying, who wants to be corrected today? I mean, even adults. I'm not talking about just scolding somebody the wrong way. But I'm saying, saying stuff the right way. Amen? You know, the Bible says that what ought to come out of our mouth as a child of God ought to be under edification. And we ought to say it the right way. And we ought to wait for the right time when it's not the right time, right? God deals with that and helps us with that. And, and so we, we ask the question, who wants to be reproved today? Who wants to be corrected today? Not a whole lot of people. And that's the trend of evil. John 3.20, the Bible says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth light. That's kind of a litmus test, isn't it? I, when I was a kid, I didn't like correction, uh, you know, but I learned to take it. I, I, I thought the person giving me the correction loved me and said, you know, they're doing something that needs to be done to me because I've seen other people down the road doing the same thing for their kid for the same reason, right? We see we live in a society that, that doesn't want to be reproved today. Doesn't want to be corrected. Doesn't want to be told this is, this is, this is what you need to do. We've got to be Joshua's. As for me and my house, right? We can still do that. Thank God, you know, for, we, we live in America. We can still do that. And so uh, he says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You don't understand. I, um, I got a sickness or... And I don't, want to, I don't want to pound that in the ground, and, and I'm not unfeeling. I've got a sickness. Amen. It's called sin, it's in, it, and it, it, it resides inside the sin nature. I don't like to be told what to do, right? I don't like my wife to tell me what to do. She doesn't like me to tell her what to do. But you know what? Sometimes she tells me what to do. And she does it nicer than I do. And she probably wish I'd been in my 60s when I married her and, and, and when I was 18 because I'm a lot nicer than I used to be when I was 18. And, and I found out, man, I want to tell you, the time of life I'm living right now, it is the time of life. I mean, there's so many things that you can be that you weren't because of the things that God has bleached out of you. Amen. And you say, man, they're not going to be worth nothing in heaven, so let it go. Who wants to be reproved today? Truth will be suppressed and outlawed. We see that today. And I'm not trying to preach to the choir. Notice God's judging analysis. There's no greater knower and reader and understander of the mind than God. Even after we sinned. There's nobody knows us like God does. I like simple things. How about you? Just, just the facts, ma'am. I like simple things. And God says in John 3, 19 and 20, God's judging analysis. And by the way, his word is the final word. I like that, don't you? Can I speak to somebody in charge? I was talking to a guy at Regions Bank years ago. And you know how they push it from one person, another person, another person. You're trying to settle something in your account. You know, this is before everything was was done over uh, the airwaves or computer lines or ever how they travel to the banks, right? And, um, and I, I, I got a little testy with him, and, and, and I said, can I speak to somebody besides a pencil pusher? 
<laughs> I couldn't see on the other end of the line, but uh, uh, I had to get to somebody else. You know, I want to speak to the guy in charge. Well, here's God's judging analysis. And this is the condemnation. It's God's judgment. He sits at the top. He sits high and looks low. Amen. Ain't nothing happens he don't know. Not even a thought that you may have. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds were evil. What's going on? The world is going dark. Darkness. Can I share with you, we don't want to be a part of that. We want to get everything. Listen, we want to throw everything out of our house. This of darkness. My wife used to get a, uh, one of these magazines. You know, you ladies. And I got, a, I got a kick out of looking through them. It gives building ideas. Better homes or something like that. Don't quote me. It may not have been better homes. But it was something like that. And then you got to look. You know, and she said, honey, I'm, I can't get this no more. And she showed me two guys sitting together on a couch. And they were not brothers. That's a mild way to put it. And my wife says, she says, look at this. And she says, I got to get rid of that. The world's going dark, but we don't have to go dark. And just griping about what's wrong, there's more to it than that. We can clean our house up. We can clean our heart up. We can let the light reprove us. God, tell me what's wrong with me. Most kids that come through our camps, you know, they're yes, sir, no, sir, respectable and stuff. And I don't have a gripe about it. But when you get down to try to tell a kid personally, or even from the pulpit preaching, you can see some of them snarl up. I used to be smarter than that. I didn't make an expression. I just snarled up inside. But you know what? The Holy Spirit of God got a hold of my heart one day. He did what a preacher couldn't do. He said, you're lost, you're rebellious, and you're on your way to hell. And boy, when that old preacher fired away, I felt the flames of hell coming up around my ankles. And buddy, you know what I did? I got down to the altar and got saved. So we see restraints upon evil are being removed. It's a no-brainer. Everybody sees that. In America, we see it in the world. We see that, that truth is being suppressed and, and being outlawed. We see God's analysis. God says here, this is the condemnation. This is the judgment that lights come in the world. Men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. And that's where things are in the world today. And they're going to, I believe they're going to trickle on down and get worse. Y'all come to my funeral and say, yeah, I remember that guy. He, he thought the end was near. Yeah, that was that guy. And, and look what, it's 20 years later, man. It, it may be. It may be. But Jesus listed a whole lot of things. It'll be as in the days of Noah. There were so many people that could not spiritually identify what was going on 
in their lives and in their homes because they enjoyed so many of the things of darkness. They're there. And isn't it amazing how subtle they can be? Think about it. How subtle, how they can get into your life. And you just can't quit it. I'm not talking about full-blown, brazen uh, sin as you, would, as you would think it would be, but it, it creeps in and it creeps in and it creeps in and creeps in and it creeps in and, and the technology and, and, and the, 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 the games and the entertainment and just so many, and it creeps in. And next thing you know, you know what? We don't think the way we used to. We're not as bothered as much as we used to, that we ought to be bothered. And we back off. Third thing and last thing. And I just gave a preview to it. Darkness has a blinding effect. I wanted to get up early this morning and, and prepare. And man, my clock went off and or my phone, you know. My grandpa like that, said, man, you got an alarm clock on your phone? Yeah, got a camera too. And the alarm goes off, and, you know, I reach over there, and I hit the button. And uh, I had two alarms set because I really wanted to get up early because I didn't know I was going to be preaching this morning until last night. And uh, so, I, you know, I wanted, you know, I, I'm a chicken. I wanted, you know, I wanted to be ready. And, uh, um, and, I, and I punch it off. And, and, I, and I look, next thing I look outside, I got a glass window right there out of my bed, and I, I can see the ground. It's daylight. <laughs> and, th and then I get up, and then electricity goes off. And so um, darkness has a blinding effect. I didn't have any power. Uh, my little, my little uh, laptop didn't work, you know, battery, you know, and, and it's an old one, so the battery goes out quick. And then when I, when I got my sermon notes ready, I couldn't print them. I loaded up the printer in the back of my pickup truck, went down the road to the dining hall, and I had a generator set. I fired up the generator, and I got an extension cord <laughs> to print off my sermon notes. Now, what's, my, what's the point of all that? Darkness has a negative effect, a blinding effect. we got to have the light. You know, electricity, we need, right? So, so here it is. Revelation 17, 2, you know, it says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. And the, listen to it, and the inhabitants of the, of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. That word drunk is intoxication. Intoxication. What have they been made drunk with? They've been made drunk with darkness. Intoxication. Unrestrained pursuit of desire. I had a guy come to work one time, and I don't think I've told this story here, but uh, my kids have heard it many times. And he was, my, he was the best carpenter I had. I was, I was uh, Jeremiah had just been born, so that would have put me 24 years old. And I was working for Brown and Root down the coast at Chevron uh, uh, Refinery. It was a billion-dollar job. 
and one of my guys uh, had about 25 carpenters and helpers, and, and one of my guys, was he, he was good, he was smart, he was intelligent, he was college-educated, and, and he could figure out things, he knew how to build things, he knew about forming and the pressures of concrete, and just, I mean, he was just a good, my best hand. And he came into work one day, and, and I'm looking at him, and, and I says, Daniel, I says, what in the world happened to your face? He had these marks, like somebody had taken a, a little pen knife and just kind of tried to cut whiskers in his face. And he says, he says, I got drunk last night. And my little daughter had a kitten. And I put the kitten's head in my mouth. Now, I think that's something if you're in your right mind, you never even, you not just wouldn't do, but you wouldn't even think about doing it. And so I can imagine the cat, I'm fixing to be eaten. I see the teeth. And she was probably giving it all that she could give, claw in the man's face. I said, intoxication, unrestrained pursuit of all desire. The man's drunk. He's, he, 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 he's not in his right mind. And he puts a kitten's head in his mouth. Darkness has a blinding effect. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of a fornication. Sin does have an attraction, doesn't it? It attracts me. I mentioned last week, you ever get mad? My wife, there's nobody in the world that can say anything the way my wife can say I'm going to make me mad. My kids run a close second. My daughter's in her 40s. I won't say how far. She's in her low 40s. And, you know, she thinks she don't have to do what I say anymore. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, that, that's, hey, I'm not for real with that, okay? That, that's the sin nature, right? I mean, you know, that's the sin nature. It's there. And you want to you wanna get mad and you want to gripe back. I'm saying... I'm saying we're attracted to sin. It, it, it's there in the sin nature. But we don't have to live in sin. And we don't have to give life to the sin nature. I'm showing you here darkness has a blinding effect. Intoxication. And, and it says the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk. Proverbs 18.2 is a verse that I quote a lot. I can't always remember it. Some of my brain cells are you know, they're out to lunch sometimes. You ever get that? You know, when you, when you don't get enough sleep for about three months. And, uh, but it says, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. You know what that means? That his heart may discover it. It means the sinful nature is in charge of the controls on everything, and you're looking for something that may impress you, or enthrall you, or enthuse you. It's of the world. Channel surfing, internet surfing... The uh, only kind of surfing we had when I was a kid, and I loved it, was, was I grew up on the Atlantic Ocean, was wave surfing. I guess they still do that out there. So darkness has this blinding effect, and this is where we really need to, where we really need to dig in. God's not changed. God's not changed. The truth is still the truth. And, and, and there's a lot of things been said out there that man has said 
that, that is meaningless. It's just the devil trying to get you to change. Darkness has this blinding effect. Drunkenness is addictive. Now understand, I'm not talking about the bottle, drunkenness. I'm talking about this intoxication that the world has, that the lost man has with the things of the world. I heard a preacher say this one time, and I believe it to be true. If you would turn your television off for seven days, don't watch anything. If you go into the doctor's office, they got it played, just stick your fingers in your ears or wear sunglasses or do something, block it out. And after seven days, turn your TV back on. And you'll, you'll think that something has happened in America. That you're actually seeing all the things that you're seeing. All the suggestive things that's on the TV. All of the downright uh, baby pornography stuff. I don't mean child, but I'm talking about the beginnings of pornography and stuff like that. It, it, that suggestive stuff that gets us that gets us settling. We're at ease sitting there watching that stuff with a remote control. And you say, when did they put all that on the television? And you'll find out how much garbage you've been eating. Vance Hadron used to say, uh, he called it the, the one-eyed monster. I'm talking about in the 60s and the 70s. And he lived into the 80s. And... Uh, the one-eyed monster. And, and he said this, and i got to be fair. He said there are some good things on television. I bet today he'd be changed his mind. He'd be changed his mind. So what am I doing? Am I here to preach on the TV? No, I'm here to show you how this, this darkness has a blinding effect. We need, we need to take the Bible and let it apply to everything we've got in our home. I know you get tired of hearing that, but I haven't found a better one yet. Drunkenness is addictive. They had stricken me. They shall say I was not sick. They had beaten me and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I'll seek it again. What a wicked thing is alcohol. Even more wicked drugs. I asked a little boy at camp this past week. I says, what did your dad do? He says, he says, my dad don't live at home with us. He's a dope head. Now, because I said that that way, Brother Jack doesn't like drunkards and dope heads and all that kind of stuff. I didn't say that. I'm saying that little boy ought to be able to say, my dad's at home with my mom. And he works a job and he brings home the paycheck and he pays the rent. And he buys the groceries. I told a boy at camp this week, from the pulpit when I was preaching, and I pointed to him, and I said, you see that boy right there? Forgive me, honey. Everybody looked at him and said, yeah. He developed a little reputation. I said, I love that boy. An hour before that, I wanted to whip him. <laughs> but you know what? He was just acting out who he was. And the only thing that can help him is the only thing that can help us is Jesus. Drunkenness is addictive. This drunkenness 
Lots of blindness. I'm about done. Lots of blindness. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2, 7, And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He went into that area with plenty of capital, plenty of workers, money in the bank, and a family. He had at least four daughters, could have had more. It doesn't say. He left with two daughters that didn't respect their father, that didn't have any moral upbringing. He left two daughters that died that are in hell today in Sodom. Because of the influence of darkness, that blinding effect, just like in America today. And when he left, he left with the clothes on his back. He thought he had the world in his hand because of the things of the world. And so that brings us to 2020 vision and recognizing this blinding effect of darkness that we, that we read about in the book of Revelation that has already began in the world today that has changed the tra tradition of America, a moral tradition that was founded with a nation by a bunch of imperfect men like we are imperfect today, but they believed there was a God and they believed in the laws of the book and they trained their children and their children trained their children and on and on, and now we've got to where we are today because of the darkness. God said it was going to happen. No, we can't stop it, but we can be a Joshua in our homes. And so this blinding effect of darkness, and we see it there, and we see the addiction that is there, this drunkenness, this, this, the, you see people, I don't watch it much on TV, which when I hear on the radio going down the road and you hear these people talk about these ungodly things, it just, I mean, it creeps you out. It's, they're just giddy about it. What's destroying the world and bringing about the end of the world? And there's Noah preaching, building the ark. We don't know if there was any converts that died before the flood. God said only eight got on the boat. Took his family with him. But all those people, that same darkness, that violence that's in America today, they, they're trying to figure it out. They're, they're trying to troubleshoot. Here's a troubleshooter. Why are these people doing all this? Why are people killing people? <clears throat> There's no control of anger. Darkness. There's no control over emotions. I want it. You got it. It's mine. And the simple solution is the home. Right? The home. The home is everything. And, and, and God made the home before he made the church. And if you can't keep the home together, mom and dad, there's going to be a lot of woes that 
you possibly could have avoided a godly home. And I'm not going to go any further with that. But they're trying to figure it out, and they've thrown away the book. It's got the key to it. So here's Noah. <clears throat> He's building the way on the ark. He's preaching. And people are looking at him like, man, you know, I wouldn't. Hey, you couldn't pay me to go see that guy. I done been there, you know, we've, we've, seen, we've seen what he's doing out there. The guy's a maniac, spending all that money on building that big old boat. And here's Noah building the ark. Here's Noah telling the world he's building that ark at the command of God because God's going to destroy the world. But the darkness was so dense and so heavy, they thought he was an idiot. And they didn't pay attention to him. But when Noah preached, God never preaches judgment without giving an invitation. Wow. An invitation. An invitation to get on board. To get on board that ark. With our heads bowed, as we stand to our feet,